Welcome to episode 28 of the bonus series of the Geared for Growth Property Investing Podcast, where we talk to the experts and get them to share their top tips on how to achieve exceptional results in property investing. I'm your host, Mike Mortlock, and if you love this podcast, please click on the subscribe button so you never miss another episode. Today, I'm happy to welcome back Ben Plohel to the podcast. I first chatted to Ben in episode 79, where we covered Ben's 15 plus years of real estate experience and his first foray into property at the age of 18. In addition to real estate, Ben is also a qualified chartered accountant and founder and principal buyers agent at BFP Property Buyers. With this experience, he was well equipped to talk on today's topic of the varying stages of building a property portfolio. He's helped a multitude of clients do exactly that, and today he is sharing his knowledge and experience with us. It's a critical component for any property investor to understand, and I'm very pleased to have good friend Ben Plohel back on the show. Welcome back, Ben. Ben Plohel, thanks for joining me back on the Geared for Growth podcast. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me back. I've still got that pronunciation, right? It's perfect. Excellent. Excellent. Although I did accuse you of being Polish off here. It's Slovenian, the one that's shaped like a chicken. That's how I'm going to remember. (laughs) (laughs) Now, um, uh, for anyone that hasn't listened to Ben's extended interview, that's episode 79 where he talked about your background in real estate over um, 15 years of buying real estate, which is probably you could add a couple more to that now because I think that was about Mm -hmm. two or three years ago, uh, and buying your first property at the age of 18. So that's a really good interview. I'd recommend anyone to dive into that. But today, we're talking about a specific topic, and that's really the different stages of growing your portfolio. And I and I think it's one of those things where, you know, there's a lot of media around, you know, 30 properties by 30 or 10 properties in 10 years and all that sort of stuff, but not a lot of people talk about the different phases and what might actually be your end goal and how property serves that. So that's why I've plugged you in as the guru today. Yeah, great. Let's get stuck into it. So when it comes to the stages of a portfolio, we obviously understand acquisition, right? That's when you're going out and buying stuff. But what do you see as the different phases of property investment and and why are they individually important? Yeah, sure. So I guess it's always good to start with some sort of strategy or understanding of your goals and, and objectives. So having a fairly clear clear picture on that, um, um, that's that's probably the first step and typically what we go through with, with our clients. You know, goals and objectives do change over time. I think people can become a bit stuck on, on making sure that that's right from the onset. But, but I think just having some sort of idea of what you're trying to aspire to and what you're trying to work towards is, is paramount. So coming up with a, a plan and, and a strategy, um, first step. From there, it's then, you know, diving into the, the accumulation phase of your portfolio. So, um, yeah, this involves going out and, and buying buying properties that are ultimately going to fit, you know, within um, um, your you know, your risk profile um, um, and, and and those that are going to help you reach you know, and step to your your uh, end goal, whatever that may be. And and I think the accumulation phase is. Is quite can be quite complicated because it's not just about going and buying properties. It needs to ensure there needs to be some sort of tactics involved in, in doing that. So it's about buying a mix of different types of assets 
um, you know, um, it could be you know, residential homes. It could then lead into commercial properties. It could be residential homes with a development kind of twist to it. Um, it's, it's buying different types of assets. It could be cheaper assets that have a great yield. It could be high-valued assets um, 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 in a premium location. Um, it's also looking at location, so making sure that you're diversified um, is, is my, my view. Um, it doesn't mean you need to buy a, a, an asset in every single state, but um, diversifying location, I think, I think it's important too from a risk perspective. Yeah, and, and when you talk about the asset mix, I'm just kind of wondering, well, are you thinking an asset mix is, uh, mix is good for diversification, i.e., say, yield versus cash flow, or does that asset mix kind of form part of the process itself, i.e., as you're heading towards retirement, you would be more inclined to chase something that's um, high-yielding uh, rather than capital growth because your time horizon is smaller, or, or is it just about diversifying and having different things to spread your risk? Yeah, look, a bit of both. So I guess depending on what age a particular investor is um, is in, um, that's going to dictate what what type of asset um, you know they, they should be targeting. So you know, if you've got someone that's in their say fifties, for example, and and their view is to retire fairly quickly, well, I wouldn't be advising to go out and buy residential assets. Most likely, yep. if they want to a view to to a short term retirement, you may need to look outside that sort of area and and, and target commercial properties or something where. Um, we know that you know the net yield on a commercial asset is far superior to, to most residential assets. So, yeah, age is, is the age of the investor is important. Um, but overall, look, I think you know everyone's portfolio should have a good mix of, of diversified assets. Yeah. And how many clients do you work with that let's say they're in their twenties or thirties that come to you and say? Ben, my goal is to retire with X amount of money or retire on, a, on an income of X, Y, Z, or, or, or is it just kind of like, I want to be a property investor, help me out? Yeah, well, look, we have a mix of both. So a lot of clients come to us, be it in their early 20s, with a very definitive goals around what their you know, the income goals or you know, passive income goals are. So it's then trying to reverse engineer a, a plan or a bit of a roadmap to help them get there. So... Um, but we love working with young investors because I guess that they have the benefit of time. Um, and as we know, you know, the, the being invested in the property market over a long period of time, multiple property cycles, you know, you're generally you're generally going to do very well. So, um, 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 but then there's also everyone's different. And, you know, being as a buyer's agent, we get the benefit of working with a whole range of different people. There are others that that don't really have you know, such a focus on. On, on, on strategy or whatnot, it's more about I've got significant disposable income. I've got you know, a great cash deposit or equity. I just want to do the right thing and, and invest in property, and, and that's fine too. Everyone's different. Mm. I, I wonder when it comes to to people that uh, are thinking, all right, well, I'm I'm going to take Ben's advice. You know, step one is is create a plan, and step two is then to start acquiring things that ideally will fit that plan, right? But how would you recommend someone go about a, a plan? You know, is it is it the idea that their plan should be a number of properties or a certain portfolio value or a certain equity value, or is it better to just think about it? Okay, well, when I retire, I want 
X amount of lifestyle and it's going to cost X, Y, Z. Is, is there a, a really easy way to, to put a plan together like that? Yeah, look, I guess look, from, from our business, the, the plans that we put together for our investor clients, they're not complicated. They're not, they're not overkill. And, and I think there's a lot of things in the marketplace that are, I feel, you know, people putting these very, very detailed 20-year plans together that, you know, may or may not work. But my view is I think um, being an investor, you need to be active. You need to be reviewing what you're doing on an annual basis at least. So, look, our plans are real about, really about understanding what your end goal is in terms of income. It's then reverse engineering a, um, a bit of a roadmap or a blueprint to, to, um, to, to help you get there, just purely based on dollars uh, and numbers. It's a very, you know, as, as, a, as, a, as an accountant myself, we're, we're quite numbers orientated. So we, we put together plans that are more around, um, um, you know, what dollar values you need to invest in to get to that sort of type of goal. So, um, but then we encourage our clients and that's part of what we do is, and we sit down on an annual basis to determine, okay, well, this is what we bought. Are we on track? Do we need to, what's the next step? It's like playing chess. Yes. What's the next asset that we need to go and acquire to help you get, you know, along you know, the, the, the journey? Do we need to sell something, right? And we do this quite often. Um, do, we, do we need to look at getting rid of a, 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 an, an underperforming asset, um, um, you know, to, to then park your money into a different market? So, um, um, yeah, our plans aren't so complicated, but it's more about just being an active investor and being engaged with, you know, what you're, what you're doing. Yeah. And when when we talk about, say, someone that's managed to tick off some of those boxes and has a reasonable asset mix, they've got some cash flow and they've got some perhaps some nice net yielding commercial properties and they are in a position to, to really consider retirement, let's say they're wanting to retire at 55 or 60, a little bit earlier than average, being an accountant, part of the reason why I got you on, got you on um, and an accountant that can talk to people, which is a rare, <laughs> a rare breed sometimes, <laughs> uh, yeah. how, how would you recommend someone go about the process of, of disposing of those assets? Because some of them are going to be better to hold than others. So, for example, one that's maybe a, a cash flow play with a smaller yield might be better to dispose off to pay off a high-yielding property there might be uh, superannuation things in play. There's tax incentives. There's pension modes. You know, there's a lot to navigate there. What advice would you have for people there? The Give for Growth Property Investing Podcast is presented by our business, MCG Quantity Surveyors. If you're an investor or a property professional looking to get the best tax depreciation deductions for yourself or your clients, please get in touch with us at mcgqs.com.au. It's our mission to help as many property investors as we can to maximise their claims and maximise their property education as well. Yeah, so I guess once you've um, gone through the, the accumulation phase, you've got that asset base that um, is going to allow you to, to meet your goals. I guess the next step from there is you know, consolidation phase. So it's about letting the market do what the market does um, perhaps you can implement some value-add strategies. You might have some properties that you may be able to develop, and that's great. I guess the, 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 the third stage, which, you, which you're talking about now, is the sell-down or the cash flow stage. So yep. you now, you may be approaching retirement or you, know, you want to semi-retire from whatever you're doing. It's now doing it like a strategic sell-down. So understanding your, your holistic view of your portfolio, 
understanding where the debt sits, um, um, and, and then just having uh, an educated, I guess, punt on which assets are going to be the best ones to keep yeah. post retirement, um, um, and, and you know, which assets are going to be the, the the right ones to to sell, perhaps based on market conditions at that time, um, to then start to 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 get the debt exposure down, which will then allow you to to um, to, um, to to get that sort of significant cash flow that's going to you know, support you in retirement. So it's more about just having a real strategic view of your portfolio at that retirement phase or stage um, and, and then um, um, start to, to extinguish. Yeah, there's no magic number, no magic formula um, of how many properties you need to sell down, but um, it, it's just dependent on on your own portfolio's position. And, and how does it work when it comes to, let's say you've, you've got a portfolio of six properties and you want to um, sell them down to reduce the debt on two. If, if you're retiring and wanting to quit your day job, can you still maintain properties that have a bank loan that's paying, uh, that's paying off that loan or is it better to, to wipe all the debt out and, and just kind of live on the returns? Yeah, good question. You don't necessarily need to extinguish all debt. If the portfolio can um, support the debt in terms of repayments, etc., then you know, there, there may be a case for, for keeping a portion of that debt. Um, you know, if you've got the the net income from that portfolio you know, is, is adequate, then yeah, there's, there's not necessarily the need to, to, to extinguish debt. You can keep it. It just yep. really depends on um, on that individual investor. Um, um, I know for, for, for my position, you know, portfolio, we've, we've started, you know, selling down a couple, but, you know, to, to go out and, and do some other things. But, um, um, yeah, everyone's different. Yeah. I'm just thinking about uh, the format for this podcast. I'm trying to sort of have a little bit of a story that relates to the to the topic. And I can remember... Um, being in my 20s, having, say, three or four super accounts, right, because I got a job um, packing shelves at Coles many moons ago and then I worked for a couple of different companies and they said, oh, you know, start a, a new super account with us and I was 20 and I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever, I don't really care. Um, so, sorry, if you wanted a, a switched-on sophisticated person from, say, 18 upwards, you've come to the wrong podcast but we do have been <laughs> for that. But I, I kind of think, like, at the time you, you you don't really care about it but the reality is is that you're, you're paying those fees, the admin fees that, that come out, they might not all be performing the same way and they all tend to have typical insurance packages that go with the super so you can actually have three or four on top of each other which uh, is not necessarily the the, the the best idea given it's uh, difficult to even get people uh, young people into healthcare let alone having you know three life insurance packages through their super do you, do you sort of see that as a, a reasonable kind of um, correlation with that attitude on the super than when it comes to creating a plan with the property people aren't necessarily thinking okay well what am I actually trying to do and what will my future look like if these properties perform well yeah yeah I guess look, people don't you know people don't necessarily know what they're doing tomorrow yet alone in 20 years time so I think it's um you know my view on on, on strategic planning it's it, 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 it's yeah. It, you need to have some sort of idea of where you want to go to, but um, it's just being an active investor and just reviewing that position on a regular basis. I'm back in the days when you know, as a CFO, where we were 
try to budget and forecast the business's performance, you know, we wouldn't have a clue what that business was really going to be doing in the next two to three years. So we're always doing very short-term plans. Yeah. And, and, and coming back to, to investing, we, we typically take that approach for clients too. It's, it's looking at you know, the next one to two years as opposed to you know, the next 20 or obviously 40-year plans. And I just sort of scratch my head to think how do these um, plans even come into place. But, um, 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 but yeah, I think the big point is just being, you know, being proactive. I think um, you know, there's, not, there's nothing passive about being a property investor, um, you know, much to, 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 to what some people think. I think you need to take a genuine interest and um, like you're talking about, you know, three or four super accounts. Like you've just got to be mindful of, you know, your, your financial situation and just being on top of everything. Mm. Um, and if you can't be on top of everything, just, you know, getting support because, you know, in, in every aspect of your financial life, there's, there's so many great different, you know, great uh, experts, supposedly, that, that can, you, know, you can leverage off and you can, um, you know, you can get, you know, support from. Yeah. I think that's really great advice because there's always someone better than you as an investor at their particular trade craft, right? Like I thought I was, um, you know, pretty clever in the property game, and then I went to to a specialist person that bids at auction on behalf of people, and I thought I know nothing, and I would probably go to the toilet on myself if I was up against this person, <laughs> you know. So uh, the same the same is true with with buyers agents, and um, you know, like yourself, I'd, I'd always recommend. Um, people to engage the servers of a buyer's agent because it's not just the ability to do the due diligence, due diligence, but it's a negotiation and also, you know, the connections to other industries and services that you might not necessarily even know need to be part of your journey. If we could break it down to say your three top tips for the the portfolio journey and what's important, what have you got for us? Yeah, I think like I've harped on throughout this podcast, it's about being an, an active investor, nothing passive about being a property investor. You need to take a genuine interest, um, um, you know, get educated. Um, I think I think is super important. Um, um, n- number two is, you know, leveraging off the experience of, you know, from a mentor, be it, be it a buyer's agent or a strategist or, or other, you know, experienced investors. Um, I guess at the end of the day, there's, um, there's no no real need to recreate the wheel. There's lots of in all aspects of our life. There's always you know six more successful people than yourself. So it's just going out and, and seeking a mentor um, um, that you can you can leverage off. And and I guess the third one is you know it's it's great to 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 be an investor, but it's important to reward yourself throughout that process too. Um, there's uh, my view. There's there's no point you know investing, um, you know, hard and, and not actually getting the reward, you know, from your efforts. Um, you know, it, it's not all about saving for retirement. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it's taking step back and looking at what you've achieved and, and, and there's nothing wrong with, with, with selling a property or two and going out and buying a home or, or, or like a nice home or something like that. I've done that myself. Um, um, but, um, you yeah, know, everyone's different, but um, I think rewarding yourself along that process is important. I think that's really good advice because you don't want to think about retirement as, as a, okay, well, that's when my life's going to start. Your life is actually now and you're, you're actually using part of your time, which is a finite resource to listen to idiots like me, right? Um, but 
luckily, Ben, you're bringing the, the level of the podcast up and I think you, this is actually a worthwhile investment <laughs> in people's time. But, you know, you want to enjoy yourself. You don't want to wait till you're 60 or 65 or wherever you retire to, to enjoy yourself. So that's a great tip is to, of course, leverage a mentor, get educated, be an active participant and, yeah, rewarding yourself. And it sounds like you've got uh, a nice little place to call call home that's part of your journey as well. So congratulations yeah, on that. absolutely. <laughs> so um, if you've enjoyed the podcast, absolutely jump on to episode 79 uh, of the Geared for Growth podcast with the extended interview with Ben. Definitely recommend that. And of course, um, I'd love you to jump on our Facebook page, the Geared for Growth Facebook page as well. We'd love to hear what stage you're at um, and share your best takeaways from today. And I might even lean on Ben to reply to any comments we got there. Um, it's always easy to say when you're live on air. Ben, it's a genuine pleasure. Thank you very much for coming on and hope to speak to you again soon. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me. Cheers.